We're going to get back into uh, that verse-by-verse look at at what God is saying because God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, He he inspired John to write this, to write this to a church to speak to them about the confidence they have in Christ. And that confidence comes in, in the form of hope. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about, the main thing we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks is the fact that hope is confident. And let me just tell you this, and I know you know this, but hope in, in, in what it means to our life manifests itself in so many important ways. And if you don't have hope, you're going to have a, you're going to have a harder time in life. Just because you have hope, that doesn't mean all of a sudden everything is just, just going to be great. But, but if you have hope, the thing is, when things are good, because you have hope, they're even better. But when things are hard... When you have hope, you can endure, you can persevere, you can find peace in the middle of all of it. And one of the things that hope does is, is that hope, hope gives us confidence. Hope is confident, and confidence is crucial. If, if you don't have confidence, without confidence, many times you will shy away from pursuing great things. You'll you'll shy away from it. There'll be a great opportunity right in front of you, but you won't take that step of faith and say, yes, God, by your power, by by your spirit, I will follow. I will take this step. I will go for it. If you don't have confidence, you won't do it. You'll shy away. you'll, You'll see it as something that someone else could maybe do. And instead of focusing on what could be, you'll you'll only see what is. You'll only see what has already happened, and not believe that God has even more. You'll see your pain, and you'll just say, well, this is just how it is. It's just going to be miserable from now on. There's nothing about it. You'll see your opportunities. You'll see the good things that have happened, and you'll say, well, this, this is all there's going to be. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get, because you know it's going to go downhill from now, because gravity is going to do what gravity does, right? It's going to pull it down sooner or later, and instead of, of being able to see life for what it is and what God is doing, when you don't have confidence, you just see what's happening right there. And then you find yourself, and this stinks, this is what really stinks, is that you start getting bullied by others' expectations. See, when you don't have confidence in what God is doing, and you don't have confidence in His power and His grace, and you're not, and, and grace and you're not filled with hope, you start to look to other people to tell you the way you're supposed to feel. You start to look to other people to to find for you what you are supposed to be about. And so what you find yourself doing is being bullied by other people's expectations and rather seeing God for the great and mighty Savior, the loving friend that He is, which gives you hope, which builds in confidence. Instead, you shy away from the opportunities. You see things as only they can be now. What not what God can do. And then, and then you begin to get bullied by all the voices that are around you trying to control you. Many times wanting to help you but not understanding what they're really doing is, is trying to keep you safe, trying to keep you from, from maybe stepping out is, is actually not the very thing God made you for. And then you get afraid. You get afraid of what's next. And you find yourself fearing tomorrow. You find yourself afraid of what, what, what might happen. 
What's going to happen to our country now that the Supreme Court has, has turned against God's created order? Now what's going to happen? What's going to happen now that there's a problem in our marriage? Now what's going to happen that there's a problem with our kids? Now what's going to happen now that my health has failed? Now what's going to happen that I have this promotion and more resources and more opportunity? Now what's going to happen that I've got friends and, and I've got opportunity and there's things that are... Now what's going to happen instead of being able to look confidently in who God is and what He has promised will do when we don't have that hope. We shrink away. We shy away. We miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Have hope. Believe in Christ. Trust in God. And as you do, there will be confidence. I must confess that my confidence is shaken in certain areas of my life. Uh, Specifically in my capacity to know directions and to navigate traffic anymore. I blame myself. I've become dependent upon my phone. I don't know if you know this, but your phone, if you have a smartphone, it has the capacity to give you directions. You can map it, as they say. And I have gotten so accustomed to mapping it this summer, I'm beginning to wonder if I can navigate even my own hometown now because I've grown so accustomed to just putting in the address, whatever town I happen to be in, and just throwing it right there on the dash and and then having this thing talk to me. I was using a male voice on this thing, but I'm going to tell you, he was making all kinds of mistakes. He was. I don't know if this is a a design flaw, if there's a girl in charge there or what, but I'm going to tell you this. I switched to a woman's voice on this phone, have not had one mistake since that time. Not one mistake. And, and I don't know who's at the bar. I'm not trying to create conspiracy theories. I'm just telling you how it happened, all right? But what, what's going on now is that I, I'm, I'm listening to this voice, and, and I'm trying to understand you know, how I'm supposed to, to get in this. And I tell you, this has been so liberating in a lot of ways, even though I don't necessarily think that I can you know, get through Atlanta or, or Charlotte or, or Nashville anymore be, without my phone talking to me. But, you know, one of the things I really appreciate is, is if, if, I, if I miss a turn, you know what she has done? She, she reroutes me. She does. I don't know what happened. When we signed this up, I think I got someone to help me. And, and I, I put the title in as, um, you know, it says, put your name, I put your name, and then the title. I don't know, I put the, the title in as Pastor. And so I don't know if she's being sarcastic or not, but still, she refers to me as pastor. Pastor, you just missed your turn. And I don't really care for sarcasm when I'm lost. And so I'll kind of talk back to her about, you know, you need to really fix your attitude. You know, you, need to, you really need to think about it. But one of the things I appreciate about her is the fact that if I miss a turn, you know what she does? She reroutes me. She, she gets me back to where I'm going to go. And there are times... When I'm thinking, are we even in the ballpark of where we're supposed to be going? You know what you can do with this thing? It's great. You can pull back and get a complete overview of, of the driving plan. You can say, okay, here's the destination. Here's where we are in process of going to that destination and can get a real sense of, of where it is where we're supposed to be going. Okay, Rita, don't be texting me right now. I got, I, I'm, I'm preaching right now. See, this is what happens when you get a phone. People start wanting to talk to you while, while you're preaching. I'm going to tell her to get to church. Won't that be funny? How about that right now? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll tell her later. Um, but, you know, what, what, one of the things I want us to understand as we look at this text today is that God wants us to have confidence in Him. And the way we get that confidence in Him is by simply abiding in and under His authority. It's by allowing His Word 
to determine the trajectory and the decisions of our life. To allow Him to speak to us about, here's the destination, and by the way, God has a great destination for His family, for His children who've been saved by His grace. And, and what He now is calling us to do is to abide in Him and to take direction from Him that we might arrive at this destination that He has destined us for. And that's what we're going to see in our text today. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, but you haven't heard that in a while, have you? If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and let's go to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 28 where we left off just seven weeks ago, and we're going to look at two verses. Emma Gillen's going to read for us. I love Miss Emma, sweet girl as I call her. I love this week, because if I'm having a day where I'm hurried or things are, are really not going well, you know what she always does? She comes up and she gives me a hug. She's a hugger. That's a spiritual gift, I think. But it's a good one. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. Again, we're in 1 John chapter 2. Uh, we're, we're talking about confidence. We're, we're going to look at, at, at how we get that. And, uh, and she's going to read now two verses, 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, you may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. The Word of God. Thank you, sweet girl. If you would, go ahead and be seated. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's take some notes. You know, God made us to live confidence lives, but we don't do that 100% of the time, do we? And there's a lot of reasons why, honestly, and let's just be honest, we can't. We can't in and of ourselves, be confident all the time because we know that we are all morally gullible. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. There is a war. There is this battle. Our flesh, the world, and the devil is always at work to draw us away from the one who loves us. Always seeking to create questions and doubt, and to keep us from, from this, this glorious path that the Lord has for us, this direction for our life. And one of the reasons why we don't have confidence and can't have confidence in and of and by ourselves is because of our tendency toward sin. And not only that, because we're mentally limited. We're not omniscient. We, we don't know all things. We, we can't. We're creatures. And so there's a limit to what we know. Look, I can't even remember all the things that I've learned. How much more can I, can I know the things I've yet to see? And because of that limited capacity and because of that limited knowledge, there's always, there's always something in inside of us that's saying, you know, but I, I don't know all the facts. And so it, it can create within us a, a lack of confidence. And, and it exists because, again, not because we're bad, but because we're creatures. And in and of ourselves, we can't be 100% confident because of not, not only because of the moral gullibility, not only because of mental limitations, but also because we're emotionally needy. Listen, sin has done a number on us. And, and sin has, has created brokenness deep down in our soul. And only God can heal that. Only Jesus Christ, by His blood and His grace, can heal and give us a new living heart. And, and that, that emotional need we have to be whole, only He can make that happen. In and of ourselves, we cannot be confident. We can't. Morally, mentally, emotionally, there's too many broken pieces for us to, in and of ourselves, 
to be confident, but in Christ, but in the love and the grace and the power of God, you bet we can. We have a capacity to have hope in Him. And as we live in this hope, as we abide in this hope, as we trust in this hope, confidence comes. It allows us to live hopeful and to be helpful. So let's look at the text. And let's look at what it looks like to live confident, hopeful lives. When does that happen? Make note of this. It happens when we abide in Christ. I love the way it begins. And now, little children. What a liberating reality that is. We're just little children to God. He doesn't look at us and say, well, we're... we're Betting the farm on Pettis, I sure hope he can perform today. You know what? God is God gladly chooses to work through us, but he knows we are little children. And that's why we can be silly and laugh at ourselves. And that's why we can have fun and simply trust in God and his power. And as little children, it is wise and best for us to simply to abide in the one who has the power and the capacity to guide us in all truth. Instead of trying to figure out our own way, we can remain on his path that he has provided. Now, it's a narrow path. It's a path of faith. And in all honesty, the reality is it's a path you can't find on your own. God has to call you to it. God has to lead you to it. God has to give you, by the power of His Spirit, the ability to to see the very path. It's a very narrow way, but we are called to walk that way and to abide that way. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, listen to the words of Jesus. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. There is this narrow way that God gives to us to walk and to live and to abide in Him on. Now, most destinations in the world have multiple paths to them. If you're going to go to Florida, friends that are going to Florida today, and they said, you know, how do you go? How do you get to this destination in Florida? And I said, well, you know, there's a lot of ways. You know, some people like to stay on the interstate as long as they possibly can. That's me. I like to stay on the interstate and go as fast as... Don't look at your dad. Don't judge him. Nothing wrong with that. Smart. There's others that like... They like a, a back roads because their minds are thinking it's less distance. See, we can cut off. We can cut off so many miles. And we can take a two-line highway. And his wife says, yes. And we remember we got behind that tractor and he said, woman, God had a plan for that tractor to be in front of us for 40 miles, going 15 miles an hour. It was a glorious time to spend together. I don't know why we're complaining about it. See, there's different ways to get to a lot of destinations. But, you know, there's, there's some, at least one location that I know of, you can only get to it one way. Do you want... Do you want to live forever in the presence of God? Do you, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to be forever in an experience where there's no sin and no pain and no tears and no darkness and no sorrow? Do you want that? There's one way to get there, and it's through Jesus Christ. 
There is only one way that we can, we can enter into and get on that narrow path that will save us from sin, heal us from our brokenness, and enable us to pursue and recover God's design. See, that's the path. And, and we see it in these three circles. Have you forgotten these? I bet you've forgotten them. Draw them, just, just in case you haven't remembered. Three circles. This is the best way I know to, to understand this narrow way and how we abide in Christ. We understand that God's design is that we live holy lives, but what we know is we've all sinned, and that's led to brokenness. And that's why there's divorce and conflict and death and sickness and pain, because brokenness is entering our world through sin. But God did not abandon us there. Instead, God Himself has come, and that's the Gospel. It's the good news. God left heaven to come to pursue us to pay for our sin through His death, to defeat death through His resurrection. And so now, if we will repent of our sin, that is, turn away and say, I'm done doing life on my own and doing what my flesh desires. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to turn away from the sin, and I'm going to believe that He loves me and that He has died for me. And that faith puts you on that narrow path that allows you to pursue and recover God's design. This is what God has called us to. And it is by pursuing and recovering God's design that we stay on that narrow path. See, God's design for your life is that you be with Him forever. God's design is that you walk with Him, that you live in Him, that you trust Him, that you rejoice in Him, that you laugh with Him, that you delight in every aspect of your life, even the hard parts, because you know that God is with you and you are pursuing, recovering God's design for your life. That only happens when you abide in Christ. It only happens when you live by faith, in Christ alone. He is the only way. And so little children, abide in Him. Little children, abide in Him. And when you abide in Him, you will gain a vision for what is ahead. Write it down. We live confident, hopeful lives when we look forward to Christ. So he says, little children, abide in Him. So, so what? Why? So that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from Him in shame, in shame at His coming. This path is so important. This narrow way is so crucial that we understand that the only way we're going to recover and, and, and experience God's design is by repenting, believing the gospel, and then abiding in Christ. And, and one of the motivations for doing that is knowing that what is ahead, knowing that, that there is a hope that is ahead that will press us. But as we go through, we have to understand when we fail, not if, when we fail, God does not abandon us. I always, it was tough when I was driving and, 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 and the voice would come on and she would say, Pastor, take a U-turn at the next opportunity. You know what she was telling me? You made a mistake. You blew it. You, 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 you've missed a turn. I told you the turn was coming. I said, in 400 feet, take a left. And I felt like she was mad at me sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I felt like she's like, I told you in one mile, take a left. I told you in two-tenths of a mile, take a left. I told you at 400 feet, did I not tell you to turn left? So here we are, half a mile, pastor, at the next opportunity, if it's not too much trouble, could you please take a U-turn? 
That's sometimes how I heard her voice. But you know what she was really saying? Hey, Pastor, it's an escort opportunity to take a you. We need to get back on the trail. You know, sometimes when we sin, we hear God's voice. And we hear Him saying, You are such a loser. You are so worthless. Did I not stay? Abide in me. Did I not say, obey me? Did I not say, do this? What is your problem? But you know what? That's not God's voice at all. That's Satan's voice. You know what God's voice is? It's the same voice that calls you to salvation. It's the same voice that says, I love you so much I gave my life for you. It's the same voice who is always calling you, loving you, saying to you, come back. Take a you. Get back on the path. God is not so much mad at us as He is longing for us to be on the path that He has made for us for His glory and our blessing. He's calling us to come to Him. He knows where we need to be. He knows what we need to go through. And and here's here's the thing, guys. Now look. There were times when this, this sweet lady's voice would come on and tell me to go down a road and I would look at that road and I would think, that doesn't look like a good road at all. It looks torn up. It looks rather small for the large area I thought I was going into. And, you know, I find myself talking to a machine. Are you sure we should go down this road? And she would give no response. She would just say, in 200 feet, take a, you know, whatever. Listen, this is not what some of you want to hear, but you need to understand. God's way for your life, His plan is perfect. And some of the roads that we're going to have to go down are going to be hard. They're going to be scary. Sometimes it will even seem like we're going in the wrong direction. But we're not. We can know that if we are abiding in Christ, that He has planned the destination, that we need only listen to His Word and obey His way. And when we go through pain, and we will, and when we go through suffering, and we will, and when we go through fun times and easy times, and we will, that He's in both. And so I know some today sit here and say, well, why, why do I have to suffer through this? Some ask today, Where in the world is this situation going to take us? Where is this conflict going to take us? Where is this separation going to take us? Where is this sickness going to take us? Where where is this rebellion going to take us? Where where are we going here with this? Some of you are asking that. Some of you are asking, how am I supposed to keep going when I have this in front of me? How am I supposed to keep going when I have this burden upon me? How, How am I supposed to sustain my hope through this? Remember where you're going. Pull back. I did this with, with, with the lady. I would pull back. And I would say, wait a second, where's our destination? Okay. I, I, I see generally where we're going here. Sometimes you've got to pull back and you've got to remember where you're going. And when you do that and you remember where you're going and you know what's ahead, it makes the difficult paths livable. doesn't make them fun. You can't, you can't put lipstick on a pig and call it a beauty queen and sometimes life is a pig. But what you can do is know that God has a plan 
I can hold on to this promise. Do you know this promise? Second Corinthians chapter four. Do you know this one? I can't wait till next year. I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend a whole month preaching just these verses, and I cannot wait. Today, let this hope grab your heart. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. I love this. For this light, momentary affliction. You say, it's been 10 years. It's been 40 years. Compared to eternity, it will appear to be momentary. In light of this momentary affliction, it's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. An eternal weight. A forever blessing of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, not looking at the moment, not trying to say, okay, this is how it's always going to be, having confidence to know there's more ahead, God has a plan for this, there's an ultimate destination, that's where we're headed. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are, (laughs) praise God for this word, transient. Your suffering and pain, if you're a Christian, is transient. If you're not a Christian, this is as good as it gets for you. Your pain becomes eternal and it multiplies forever. But if you're a Christian, transient. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Can you, can you let that just pour into your soul right now? Can you, let that, can you let that truth be real to you? And can you just, just drink that in, this reality? Yeah, you're going to suffer. Yeah, you're going to go down difficult roads. Yeah, you're not always going to enjoy or, or think that this is, this is the right year. You're, you're going to have to trust God in it. But listen, God knows where He's taking you. He knows where you're supposed to be. When I was in Charlotte, I was visiting a church and, and this direction thing was coming up and she's talking to me and she says, you know, in, in half a mile, you're, uh, take a right and the destination will be on your left. And I'm thinking, there's no way a church is here. I was in office complexes. I was in, a, I was in what appeared to be like a shopping area. And I'm thinking, I cannot believe this chick is going to take me to some mall. Isn't it just like some chick, right, who'd want to just... Take me to a mall. I, where am I? And I'm, so I pull back and I see the destination thinking, have I typed it in wrong? What's the deal here? We get, okay, in 200 feet, take a right and your destination's on the left. All I see are our doctor's offices. All I can see are our places of business. I'm thinking, what in the world? I take a right by faith. I look to the left and there's the church. In the, in the most unique location, filled with people who seemed very excited to see me there. Helped me park, walked me in, worshipped with me. It was, it was so, so delightful. But, you know, I think, you know, had I not lived by faith and obeyed the, the, the words that were coming to me, I would have missed that destination. Friends, the path sometimes seems wrong. If it's according to God's Word, it's not. Obey Him. Abide in Him. Trusting in His plan. He knows where He wants you to go. He knows where you're supposed to be. It was so sweet when we got to the place. I love the words. He always says this when we get where we're supposed to be. You have arrived. What will it be like when our days are done and the journey is finished and the heartache is over 
and we see the face of Jesus. And he says, you arrived. You are at your destination. This is where I've been bringing you all along. I know it's been a challenge, but you're here. You're home. Can you see that? Can you feel that? Can you believe that? Can you allow that to guide you? Can you allow that to press upon your soul so that you have hope and so this confidence becomes real in your life? Confidence because you know He's coming again. Confidence because you know where He's taking you. Last. We live confident, hopeful lives when we live like Christ. If you know He is righteous and anyone who knows anything about the God of the Bible, you know He's holy, holy, holy. You know He's righteous. He is right in all that He does. Said you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. See, when we live in obedience to God, when we walk the path of faith, when we stay on the narrow way, when we abide in Christ, and despite what our flesh wants and what the world tells us and what the devil tempts us with, we stay the course. No matter how hard, no matter how much it hurts, we stay the course. And, and when we do that and we begin to, to, to see the fruit of righteousness revealed in us, it gives us confidence because we know He's righteous. We know He's holy. And as we walk in Him and abide in Him, we gain, we gain this great confidence that, that we are born of Him. It produces Christ-likeness in us. And there are many things that produce this. Many things that produce this. But in my, in my heart and in my own life and what I see in God's Word, nothing produces this level of righteousness more intensely, powerfully, than we are living like Christ in obeying the Great Commission. The last words that a person shares are also often the most important words. When my kids are leaving me to go somewhere, I often just look at them and say, I love you. Be careful. I want those words to, to set in. Jesus gave us some very important last words. Last words of Jesus right here, Matthew 28, 19-20. Look what he said. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Are you doing this? It's a simple yes or no. Are you doing this? What disciple have you made in your life? What disciple are you making right now? Who are you leading to anchor their life and hope in Jesus right now? Who are you bringing to worship with you so that they can connect in the family of faith that we have here? So that they can find a place where they can serve and be a part of what God's doing. So that they can be equipped to do the work of the ministry and so that they can multiply their life into others and that they themselves become a disciple maker. What Jesus has said here in Matthew 28, 19-20, it's not an option, friends. And as a matter of fact, it is one of the most privileged and powerful ways that you can use your life 
And when you do it, you're never more like Jesus than when you do that. Jesus, who left the comfort of heaven to go into a difficult world where he was not always liked, loved, or appreciated for what he said, but he came anyway. He said what he said. He made the sacrifice so that we could have eternal life. And he says to us, as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. I am sending you to where you live, work, learn, and play. Not to fly under the radar, not to smile and wave and, and just try to avoid, but to engage in the world in which you live and make disciples. Understand, when we choose to live hopeful and be helpful, we enjoy the confidence of being a Christian. Our confidence comes as we choose to live hopeful and be helpful. Our confidence comes as we obey the Lord, as we abide in Him as His little children, trusting in the destination, knowing His way. Here's what I know about some of you. You don't know how to do it. Maybe you were saved at a revival meeting. Maybe you were saved under the preaching, and a lot of folks have done that. And then you came to church, and you just kind of found your way. In a lot of ways, the first year of my salvation, that's what happened. You guys have heard me joke about it. It's not a joke. It's the truth. I didn't know what the hot tub was in the church for for the first year. And then someone called it a baptistry. And then they told me I needed to go and take a dive. I thought, well, okay. Someone had to walk me through that. Someone had to show me what it means to believe, to be baptized, and to belong. Now, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to talk to someone about those three big things? Here's the most important question. Let me, let me forget Forget that question. Let me ask you most of Are you willing to do this? Because, see, that's the real question. If you're willing to do this and you want to be trained one-on-one with someone, email me. jpettis at lhbg.org. It's on the website. If you want to make a disciple and you want someone to walk with you one-on-one, not a class, one-on-one, to learn how to make a disciple, email me. I've trained about 27 people, and they have trained about 100 people. We have about 120-something people who have been personally trained to make disciples. And now they're ready to help our congregation do that. If you want to. If you want to obey Christ. If you want to see God do a miracle through you. If you want to obey Him. If you want to walk in what He's doing. Now here's what I know about some of you. You can't because you're not a Christian. And I want you to take care of that right now. Do not leave this building without repenting of your sin and believing on Christ. In just a moment, we're going to sing, oh, one of my favorite praise songs. We're going to sing praise to our God. I want to invite you to come and get on your knees and say, Jesus, I believe that I've sinned, but I believe that you died for my sin, that you've been raised. Forgive me, take over my life. Now, some of you have prayed that, but here's what you, what you know, and the Holy Spirit has been telling you while I've been preaching and while we've been singing this morning, you need to take a U-turn. You missed a turn at some point. And you need to come and get on your knees and say, Lord, I missed that turn. I've been wandering away. I need to get back on the path. Strengthen me in this path. And then there's some of you today, the path you're on is a hard path hard spot. It's a hard season. It may be rough all the way in from this point on. Hear me. Come get on your knees and ask God to give you faith and confidence that this momentary trial is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that's coming.
and ask Him to strengthen you to walk this way. To be confident in your hope. Let's stand together as pray. Father, right now I ask that You would move in the hearts and the minds of people, some to come and get on their knees to repent of their sin and believe on Christ and be saved, become Christians, become those who are walking in this narrow way. I pray for some today who need to come and get on their knees and say, Lord God, I missed the turn. I, I went my own way. Forgive me. I come to you now. I repent. I believe. I'm going to pursue and recover your design for my life. I'm going to trust you. And then for some today who, who need to come and pray for themselves or for someone else and say, Lord, this, this is a tough way. Would you strengthen? Would you give me hope and confidence to dare to believe that you're with me and that you have a plan for this? And for those, God, who want to make disciples, Lord, hear them as they come to lift up those they want to see you say and ask you to let them be a part of that process. Thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you're willing. Thank you that you want this. May we want it now by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name.